Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And if you're a new listener to the show, special warm welcome to you. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate it even more. In today's episode, we will speak to my friend Matthias from the Financial Independence Europe podcast. I'm a regular listener to his podcast, and if you live in Europe, I highly recommend it to you as well. He was recently featured in a documentary on financial independence on a French-German channel, Arte, for those who know. And in this documentary, he opens the doors to his house and to his journey to financial independence. I hope this documentary will inspire people to see that it is possible to adjust their finances or their lifestyle to live a life closer to what they value. We will reflect back on the documentary and Matthias will share his views and his way to reach financial independence in Europe. We will go into detail on his daily expenses, even his rent and mobility budget, and of course, his investment strategy. Spoiler alert, it is not the usual, between brackets, buy ETFs and chill method. This episode is for you if you're curious about reaching financial independence in Europe and you want to hear a real story of how a German family of four is working on it. So without further ado, let's hear the interview. Hello, Matthias. How are you doing today? Fine. I had a um, coffee at, um, at a friend's place. Um, kids were playing together. So nice Sunday afternoon. Oh, perfect. Perfect. And uh, very relaxing. And look, Matthias, uh, you are the host of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. A podcast I've been uh, listening uh, several times and uh, regularly. So excited to have you on. Yeah, also excited to be here. First time um, that I'm also in another podcast, actually. So I'm just recording my own podcast, but I totally forgot also to speak to other hosts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, very good to have you on. And yeah, today I wanted to talk to you because you were recently featured in a documentary on television, on a national television in, uh, I don't know if it's a French or German channel, but uh, they... I think both. It's both, huh? Yeah, because they do all their documentaries in both languages. I mean, for the people in Europe, it's very, it's a well-known channel. It's called Arte. So they're famous for their uh, documentaries. And uh, I will link it. It's, a, it's available on YouTube, but only in French and German for the moment. Uh, but yeah, maybe who knows in the future, it will be also possible to, to watch with us English subtitles. Anyway, this documentary is about actually financial independence and retiring early in Europe, which is quite cool because, uh, I mean, it's starting to get more and more, uh, how can I say? Yeah, out there, it's uh, getting more and more, uh, uh, how can I say, widespread. I mean, it's getting attention and awareness, so that's uh, quite cool. And you were featured in it. So, um, Yeah, you open up the doors of your house, your family life. I mean, we see your wife, we see you uh, agree on some items as well, uh, not quarrel, but I mean, uh, argue on uh, some yes. decisions. So it, it, it's quite interesting. And okay, it's very brave of you. So first of all, uh, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Um, it was just, um, yeah, I, I usually don't like to go to into TV, but I thought Arte, nobody's watching Arte. It's too much culture, too much intellectual people watching it. <laughs> but um, 
they they then uploaded also to YouTube, so it um, it got more traction and also has been posted on Reddit and uh, Facebook groups. So then there's also a wider audience audience um, who watch it and also people who have not uh, been familiar with the concept of financial independence. And actually, it was also the intention to um, to spread the word a bit. I mean, I think also there was a dip in. And financial pens was not that interesting. I, I have the feeling that 2017, 18, many people talked about it, and then there was um, a little bit of silence. And now there, it's it's also in the media again. Um, yeah, I think it's it's good to show people that there are alternative forms of life. And I also liked it that we have this this kind of path uh, that we pursuing for a couple of uh, years now. That there's also kind of a yeah film about it. <laughs> for my for my personal records and yeah i also like the the journalist that is um that has been uh, doing it so i just went for it and we set some some borders what, what we don't want to have in the for example we don't want to have pictures of our kids yes and names and uh yeah i don't also don't want to uh, close up with a camera on my bank accounts but uh besides that i think it was quite interesting also how people can save money and design their lives uh, outside of the typical path. Yes, indeed. And then, uh, yeah, you are featured in the in the documentary. And there's as well another lady who's uh, in her 50s and she retired. So there's a few stories, but I think it's mainly uh, your story in, in that uh, documentary. So it's quite interesting. So I recommend everyone uh, to, to watch it. And uh, Matthias, okay, so we talk about financial independence and maybe some listeners. They're curious about uh, financial independence. So can you give in your own words what is financial independence and why you're pursuing it? I never cared much about these definitions and mm -hmm. about what uh, yeah, about what you can read in, in the books that have been published in the US. So actually, I haven't consumed, uh, not most of them, but some of them, or also not this money mustache blog, I haven't read this. But in the end, uh, what I would like to do and what I think many people uh, can feel deep in their hearts and guts uh, is that this deep um, yeah that you you like to work i think working is also living so if you don't work anymore you you also don't live kind of mm -hmm. um depends on definition but i would say that and also um but the dependence is, is a problem um if for example everybody who has been fired can also think of oh it's not that cool that i don't have income anymore so that there's a connection between income and income and 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 your job so and i i would like to unbundle this and that's why i think financial independence for me is is a way to take care of my basic needs and be able to to work on what I want and also to make more decisions uh, on my own to have more ownership about the work I'm I'm doing. Yeah, but I also don't mind having a day job and so on uh, or being dependent. But I would like to go to be able to go. And I don't what I don't like is to retire early. That's why in my podcast also called FI Europe and not F F I R E Fire Europe, because I don't want to retire. Uh, I think that's just retiring is kind of, it sounds like you degenerate <laughs> and you, <laughs> that you don't have to go to the gym anymore. You don't have to think about things anymore. So I, I don't, I don't like the word yeah. actually. Okay. Very good. So it's about, uh, yeah, being able to be financially secure and uh, still, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Or just I think main main motivation is uh, having can, taking care of your basic needs, mm -hmm. and also for example uh, health. Um, for example, if you have a problem with your health, you broken leg or you cannot see anymore, um, and you need some time off, or, or you need to yeah that you can just pay for it, and you can pay for a good doctor, you can take a break, and also um, taking care of your of your family or. Um, parents, um, if they if they just need you uh, being there, or they need special care, you have also a lot of free freedom. If you have money, you can just uh, switch to another country. Um, you can live on a sailing boat. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't want to do that, but it it it's just creating options. Exactly. Yeah, options indeed. Yeah, very good. And I'm the same as you. I mean. Uh... I'm also looking at, uh, I'm on my way to financial independence, or at least I'm working on it, uh, but it, not necessarily retire. I mean, I will always do something. I cannot stand still, basically. So <laughs> that's more like that. Yeah. It's interesting that you say you work on your uh, yeah, path to financial independence. You said work. It's Is it kind of work? But it's, di it's different than day job work. It's another work. And it's also unpaid work. <laughs> yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah. So I, I'm just reading a book about work. Um, you maybe can. Mm -hmm. can. But it's pretty interesting. It's called The, the History of, of Work. Maybe you can also link it for the people that you just think about uh, where work comes from and um, yeah, that you just understand kind of better what work is and what it what it can provide uh, as a meaning. Unfortunately, they have just read um, the first 40 pages or so. So we have to do another interview about that. Sure, <laughs> we'll do that. So, okay, Matthias, and um, financial independence, uh, how do we get there? I mean, what's, um, what can we do to, to achieve this financial independence? How do we get there? What's, what type of investments or money choices do we need to make? I think you you probably um, you you have covered this already in the podcast, <laughs> and I am I'm I'm too. But there are many different uh, ways to do that. In the end, it's it's pretty simple. You um, reduce your expense, you increase your income, and then you increase your um, savings rate, and by that also uh, the possibility to invest. And also, you should probably have a good return of that invest. And um, I think then. These are kind of four variables and or four or five, I don't know. And you need to tweak them in a way that it uh, um, fits your life situation mm -hmm. and your personal preference and values. For example, somebody who is uh, young in their 20s, they are pretty good in uh, reducing expense. They don't have a family, they don't need a car, um, so they, they can really uh, save. But um, if you have uh, yeah kids and you want to live in a bigger city because yeah you like you just like city life, then you might have to spend more. But that also means then that you need to earn more uh, or to invest better to make the overall picture work in the end. And I'm more the I used to not spend so much, um, but um, recently also we increased our our cost. And I, yeah, I would consider myself more a fat fire. As you know, there's a lean fire and fat fire. Mm -hmm. I think when I was a student, I also really was just in the discounter, uh, bought really uh, cheap things. But I also spent sometimes uh, money on the. Also, my my uh, what I like to say often is, um, I like to save on the basic things and um, spend on the unnecessary things. And my wife is totally disagreeing about this. 
she wants to spend more on the basic things, so okay. like bread, for example. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because of course uh, the formula is uh, what you said is uh, is correct. Huh? It has been covered on the podcast, and I don't want to bore the people. But mm. it's more that, uh, of course, I'm looking at you, uh, your uh, how you do it, because as well in your, um, we can cover, we can talk first maybe about, for example, the expenses. Mm -hmm. I think it's quite interesting in your case because of, I saw the documentary and then we can talk about investing. Okay. Uh, so about saving money or about at least managing your money, your daily money, because for example, you say, well, uh, I don't uh, go for the hard discount, but then in the documentary, I think it is said that you go to three different supermarkets and then we see you um, looking at uh, Spetzels. <laughs> And then it, it's about, uh, yeah, well, isn't that too expensive? Is it, uh, is it the right price? So you're still looking at the uh, price items. I mean, uh, I used to look more at the, at the price tags, but uh, I just developed uh, the system because we have this flat since uh, seven years. And these um, supermarkets, or it's one drugstore and two supermarkets, actually it's four, uh, three supermarkets. Um, and um, they're all next to each other. So walking from one to another is like 20 seconds. Okay. And there's one supermarket um, that has all, it's a kind of mainstream supermarket. They have cheap products, they have high price products, but they have kind of all. And I, I yeah, I kind of feel tricked by the supermarket. <laughs> Because there is also the expensive uh, products. They, they, if you look at the ingredients, it's not really the quality. So mm -hmm. I'm um, I'm trying to buy, uh, and we ha I also had a, with my wife. Uh, I can also tell the backstory later on, but um, we also talked a lot about these supermarkets. And um, when I was in my a couple of years ago, I'm we have we walked every day into this uh, organic supermarket and spent without really calculating how much it costs. And if you go every day to the organic supermarket, you uh, you can buy here sausage and you can buy there some nice cheese. Although you just maybe wanted to buy a banana, mm -hmm. and um, that so that was a problem. So we defined it. Why not that I'm just going one time a week on Saturday. To buy groceries and she can maybe just buy one time for some fresh products uh, during the week like uh, vegetables and so on and um, yeah so the idea is that i go first to the discounter buy everything that is okayish quality there they are also i also buy the organic products and the discounter if they look good yeah and then i go to the drugstore because they have also uh, quality products um, organic but they are they have a wider selection and everything else that I don't get in the drugstore and the, um, in the discounter I buy in the organic supermarket. So that's why there's no not so many items left that I need to buy there. And this is kind of uh, yeah, 40 minutes round trip, 45. I don't know. Sometimes I also take the kids with me and then it takes obviously longer and we buy more. Um, <laughs> That's that's the idea and the, the Spätzle. So I in the documentary, I was calling my wife and telling, "Do you really need the Spätzle for two euro seventy or two euro fifty? But it was kind of more joke because in north of Germany, I'm coming from Berlin. She's from south of Germany, and in south of Germany, they eat the Spätzle, and the and people from north Germany they don't like the habits from the people of south <laughs> okay. Germany. So I thought, why do we need to eat Spätzle? Can we eat something? proper food mm -hmm. and and also uh yeah i haven't bought it actually she wanted to buy me uh wanted me to buy the spätzle from the discounter 
and not the, this one. And usually I also don't, um, don't call her too often. Sometimes I call her, but in, in the end, uh, she can have everything if it's important for her. And it, I think it was more kind of a joke for, mm -hmm. for the team. Yeah. But my, my jokes say they are not, if people don't know me, I think people don't think it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it, it's funny because it's about the documentaries about financial independence. And then you see, we see you in the document, uh, yeah, in, the, in the documentary about calling your wife in the supermarket. So we think from the outside and not from the German culture, you think, okay, so the guy is uh, saving money, trying to invest, but then he's... Uh, looking at every cent and every, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, every cent, every euro to, to make sure uh, his money is used for the best. So that's how it looks like from the outside. <laughs> yes, yes. I think the overall picture is important. The overall picture is that you start with the discounter. The overall picture mm -hmm. is that you can, in all these three supermarkets, you can use these payback bonus points. I usually don't collect too many points because it's uh, taking much uh, too much headspace, but that's easy. Um, and that you have a budget then for a supermarket, we have a debit card, um, so everybody, and we can then at the end in the bank account, we can just see, uh, we filter for these three, uh, supermarkets and then we see how much we spend. So if we overspend with our family budget, uh, the first thing would be to look into this account and see how much we spent, uh, on this, uh, yeah, on supermarkets. But if, if we not overspend in the in the months then i also do, don't look into it yeah because yeah no no very good so you have your system and then talking about expenses so um you don't have a car or do you uh i don't have a car we we, we i think also yeah we, we buy mobility so we spent we still spend on mobility but my parents they don't live in cologne and her parents also don't live in cologne and we have also friends that are everywhere um so we use often use a train um, because i don't want to sit and drive all the time and it's also cheap yeah uh, yeah it's not really cheaper anymore i think because uh, when the kids also have to pay for the train mm -hmm. but anyway um we, we just rent a car there's um in germany it's, it's called a website called billiger mietwagen it's called yeah in english it means cheap rental cars dot mm -hmm. com and um It's really, it's cheap and they have, it's really simple to book. Um, you, you have your profile there and yeah, I think it's, it's much cheaper to, um, to get this car for every two months when you, when you really need to drive for a long distance, we use car sharing. Um, today we went to friends outside of Cologne with a, it's a, it's a bicycle with a, yeah, where you can put in your kids with an electric bicycle mm -hmm. because it was a longer distance. It's, it's, that's kind of 20 euros. Uh, I think you have to pay for that bike about more than 4,000 euros if you buy it. And in every day, in, the, in my every day, I can, I also, be, I'm in a home office. I don't need my bicycle. And um, if I have to travel to a customer or something, then the company pays for it. So I don't need to spend money on it. So it's really, it's a rare It's rare that we um, travel by car or train. Yeah, that's why we have a mobility budget, and it's it's expensive if we travel. But I don't want to have this this car. It's it's I think it's it's more expensive. You have to pay for the fuel, for the insurance. You have to pay for the car. I think it's more exp It's still more expensive if I would have a car. It's mm -hmm. it's also head, taking too much headspace. Yeah, no, very good. So yeah, you do it on uh, based on your. Uh 
needs and uh, yeah, on a case by case. Okay, very good. And then for the rent, uh, I think in the documentary, they say you pay 900 euros on your rent, correct? Yes, Th that's because... Um, is that cheap or is that expensive for the area? Um, for the area, it's pretty cheap. And also in general, it's pretty affordable <laughs> because, um, yeah, I think it's we are in the flat uh, since seven, eight years now. Mm -hmm. And the flat wasn't perfect, um, but the area was perfect. So it's... We have the supermarkets, we have school, we have kindergarten, we have a gym, we have, it's not far away from river and parks. So it's a pretty good spot uh, with nice people, um, not too crowded also. And uh, the flat had some, um, yeah, some things you have to overlook. There's no balcony, there's no, it has no floor. It had also not a nice um, ground, so it, uh, yeah, we we bit after bit, so we we upgraded the flat. So we had also then later on warm water in the kitchen. We had a new floor. Um, we had yeah, and we do, the balcony we don't need because we have a lot of parks, and we can also there's a small garden in the back of the house that's not from us, but we can also sit sometimes there. So it's. It's okay, and it's a gift. Paying nine hundred euros, if you would would like to move from this three room flat to a four room flat, so that we have a, another home office, then we would have to pay like eight hundred to thousand euros more. Mm -hmm. um, this is uh, it's really you can look at uh, the websites where you can rent flats. So it's really expensive, and we don't want to move out of the city because then we have even more travel costs. We have different type of people we have less opportunity to to network or to mm -hmm. go to a bar uh, so we kind of city people and um yeah that's that's our choice that's why we live in a smaller flat but we don't have to drive everywhere we can mm -hmm. just go out of out of the flat and we have can get a hipster latte macchiato so what you <laughs> so as basics you need probably yeah no but uh, it's very good so you have your budget i mean your grocery budgets your mobility your uh, expenses under control you know based on your preferences so that's very good and then you have money left over exactly so you what do you have... do with that money <laughs> yeah. yeah um if you don't pay a lot of money for the flat and you don't uh, for for mobility and also for fashion and and maybe there are some more uh, then you can spend the money on uh, we spend it on vacation um, mm -hmm. a lot uh, so we especially if you have kids then sometimes having a bit more comfort is is pretty good um, because then you can really then you really have vacation because if you don't have to take care of the kids all the time if you can have a car if you have a a uh, nice hotel and so on then yeah then it's really vacation um if you don't have to cook for example also so we have a mix of yeah budget vacations and also uh, always one more expensive vacation and that's where the money goes and the money also before we can spend it on vacation i obviously also take it out of the accounts and invest it yeah that's basically what we do and we i don't i don't i also have um for example during corona times i had every day or every second day also coffee to go because i what? could not come on <laughs> i could not spend i could not spend my money on anything so it made me really happy to bring yeah. my daughter to the <laughs> kindergarten get a coffee and walk a bit on the river listening to a podcast and then starting to work um yeah it's my 
kind of luxury to have to have a coffee. I spent yeah. too much coffee, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, very cool. And then talking about investing, because uh, one thing that is interesting is that in the documentary they mentioned that you are looking at, uh, I mean, index funds and other opportunities. So you were also looking at uh, crypto. So or, because usually you know the financial independence community, it's uh, index fund and chill. And here I hear a mix of um, investments. So do you have a clear strategy? Or are you still discovering uh, what's uh, what's going on, uh, Matthias? Uh, I have um, clear is always a bit fuzzy. So I don't think that anybody in the world is totally 100% clear, except mm -hmm. maybe these system traders, but their systems also don't work in uh, every condition. Anyway, so um, I have I have most of my money in, in, in stocks. Um, because that's where I started. Mm -hmm. I have also experiments, uh, but they are smaller money where I just try to learn. Um, that's more than kind of yeah, learning money. But I started uh, with with my parents. They they gave me their stocks after the new market, 2000, um, the year 2000. Mm -hmm. Then I got the stocks. They were, yeah, they were not worth so much at that time. And then I discovered them I rediscovered them during my studies and uh, I yeah, researched a lot about stocks. Maybe not that professional <laughs> at that time, just sure. reading the typical stock, stock porn. Uh, also, ETFs haven't been that um, famous in Germany at that time. So, and that's why I yeah, tried stocks. And then I thought, hmm, um, it might, might be good to um, be um, a bit more wealthy faster and mm -hmm. i looked into crowd investing since 2011 there were some crowd investing platforms and in the beginning also there were good deals but then uh, i think the, the deals haven't been that good anymore in general but there also have been one or two good deals so i had uh, started investing putting too much into crowd investing but um, i also had some some exits so it was not that bad also five digit exits not not six or seven or eight digit exits because my invest was too small but it was interesting um to uh, to research these startups and then i went back to uh went back to stocks uh, built out my stock portfolio and um also had some peer-to-peer -peer lending mm -hmm. um the peer-to-peer -peer lending i i reduced the peer-to-peer -peer lending then uh during corona because i there was money and stock market, it was really cheap, uh, all the stocks. So I kind of pured my money, I pulled it out of peer-to-peer -peer because there also have been some scandals and I wanted to wait for, for some more regulation. Yeah, and I put it into stocks and it also was, a, until now, a good decision um, profit-wise. Uh, I have, um, yeah, and I have m multiple stock portfolios with different uh, strategies. And I also do crypto i started in 2000 i think 18 um, with small very small money also having a minor with uh, friends and then in, two, in 2020 a little bit too late for my taste um, as i consider myself early adopter <laughs> yeah then i started again buying bitcoin and and link and also then swapped it for ethereum and uh, smaller coins and yeah, I'm I'm building still building the the crypto portfolio. I'm not totally into ETFs. I have also I have some, but right now it works pretty good with the stocks. So I and I like doing it. Um, 
yeah, I like researching the stocks and it's not so much work anymore because I don't have to know every stock in the world. And that's why I have my routines. Yeah. Yeah, because in the documentary, they say uh, that you spend four to five hours a week working yeah, on your investments. So what do you do exactly? So you research uh, stocks or opportunities or? They, they said also that I work 12 hours. I don't. Uh, so that's by the definition of work, but uh, I don't work 12 hours because I also need to bring the kids into bed and so on. <laughs> but I work in also my second shift as a dad. Uh, I also need to uh, clean the dishes and so on. Yeah, I yeah I just research. Then when the kids are in bed, I uh, research some some stocks I like because I have um, read about some innovation on TechCrunch or um, or I read some some of these stock newsletters, and then I just research them. And if I like the company and the technical, um, and I think from technical analysts, they will also kind of start um, growing um, then i kind of buy it but it also do you need a lot of patience um for for investing sometimes you have to wait kind of a year until the stock moves yeah so that's pretty much it maybe i can um, differentiate a bit with the stock so i have a portfolio with large uh stocks that kind of always grow so there, there are typical stocks that always grow are adobe and uh, AMD, um, Mercado Libre, Microsoft, Apple, and so on. So these bigger ones, I have one with that, so quite a, quite boring, but uh, profitable. And I have then a portfolio, um, so that was a kind of a trend following strategy. And then I have also some where I discovered that I it was more or less value strategy, a few years ago, but now it's kind of buying smaller, small cap um, growth stocks or momentum stocks when they are kind of affordable. So I'm DCAing into them. So does dollar cost averaging into mm -hmm. the stocks and try to get them cheap. And then I don't, I hope I don't have to sell it anymore because they're growing and growing and growing. So like if you buy Netflix at 2012, um, if you would have put 5,000 into Netflix 2012. Then you have now, I think, 400 or 500. Nice. <laughs> I try that. I bought, for example, Peloton, um, just to have an example, Peloton in 2020 for in the Corona crisis because I thought nobody can go to the gym anymore. Mm -hmm. So they maybe spent far too much on this bike um, or yeah, Biontech um, or what else? Um, I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> I have to look at <laughs> Yeah, so that's um, and this is a third strategy is to buy uh, stocks that are kind of um, that are not that expensive, but where there is a fantasy or also boring, kind of boring, mm -hmm. but yeah. where there is a fantasy that there can accelerate their their growth because there is a new product or the market conditions, and you kind of as an investor have to kind of see that before the analysts and the rest of the market sees it um, yeah and i just have some also some forums where i can talk to other people who have different uh or same ideas and um, yeah that's oh. it basically mm -hmm. okay and, and now okay i understand that you're a long-term investor you took some great opportunities so uh yeah where are you on that journey because do you have are you far from your target 
which will allow you to be financially independent, or is it still a work of uh, a certain number of years? Or uh, where are I you? I think as a documentary, they said five to ten years, and that's mm -hmm. also kind of true. Um, but um, I, it can also be earlier if I would kind of take work in a coffee shop for two days or three yeah uh, or my wife is uh, still working so it's uh yeah i think for really to be very comfortable fi i would need kind of two to 2.5 million i've calculated mm -hmm. that was a bit frightening um that it's too, so much but in the end it's not that much if you can i mean if you have one million you just need to double <laughs> it's, not, it's not that much anymore um if you have three thousand uh, doubling it is just six thousand so it's yeah it's not that much um yeah so that's that's kind of the idea and i would like to go part-time then also in the uh, near future and maybe not being so fast um with my fi um journey just having a bit more time to do things I like, like drinking coffee and <laughs> reading a book and uh, bring my son to his uh, spare time activities mm -hmm. and podcasting also. Yes. Uh, and it's cool. And one question I have about those 2.5 million, you don't need to answer specifically, but you know, in the FI community and uh, we we've had some guests uh, on the podcast and they say to be financially independent, you need 25 times your yearly expenses. Yeah. So if I look at 2.5 million, uh, your yearly expenses are then 100,000 euros. <laughs> mm, the, the 25, I'm not calculating within 25 because mm -hmm. I read in the Vanguard report that uh, uh, somebody of the community called Tim uh, recommended to me. Uh, I calculate, I think it was 40. So I calculated 50,000. Mm -hmm. First, I calculated 50,000 multiplied with, let me look, with 40 mm -hmm. and then i came to this two million okay yeah two million thing. yeah um yeah and I, I i think it's very hard so that's my personal I, you, I, you are not allowed to say that um very loud in the community it's pretty hard in europe to um go fi just using etfs and get a seven percent <laughs> as if you calculate that it can be quite depressing you have to eat a lot of oats um and <laughs> with water until you um get to a point where you can live off that yeah of your etf money um so that's why you need i think also having some opportunity in crypto when they're it's there um i also have a couple of der derivatives um just to speed up it a bit and if you if you have some of this interest calculators uh, then if you just have instead of seven eight or instead of eight you have maybe ten percent it really makes a dramatic difference in when you can retire so i personally think it's okay to <laughs> to try to get two percent more yeah. uh, because mm -hmm. you can save a, a couple of years and that's why i also have some more risky things in the mix um it's pretty de depressing but you can um also for example my wife maybe wants to work longer because she likes her her job or i can go part-time that would be some of the um ideas i have not to wait until i have like a 2.5 million and so on <laughs> yeah it, it, it seems uh 
even though it's reachable, let's say you have one million, as you say, you only have to double, but still it's a, it's a long road. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but one thing I don't understand, just to be clear, because in the US they say yeah, seven, eight percent if you invest every month and then you will get there. But in Europe, I mean, if I invest myself in a US fund, I mean, I will get the same return. No, don't you think, Matthias? I don't know about this US because in the US they have these IRR and Roth and they have some a way where they can save on tax. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. They put their money into this and they can save on tax. In Germany, we don't have that because they just forgot to update the pension scheme. Um, in the UK, I think it's also possible to save tax-free for, for the retirement. Um, that's why I don't think it's... Um, yeah, it depends a bit. Because in Belgium, for example, there's no capital um, tax, uh, sorry, capital wow. gain taxes. Wow. But you have to pay, um, you have to tax it with your income tax? Or is there no tax on your profits? On your profits, there is no capital gains tax. But what's the catch? It's a European country. They don't... Why should they allow you not to tax your profits? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you need, you need to keep the um, you need to keep the, the the investments for six months at least. Mm -hmm. And in Luxembourg, no, sorry, in Belgium, I think there's no capital gain tax if you handle it not as a trader. So if you hold, it's okay. In Luxembourg, yeah. where I live, it's you need to keep it for six months and then it's uh, tax free. So. You buy a stock today, it's uh, 10Xs uh, in 20 years. In 20 years, you sell it for a profit. You don't need to pay tax on it. So that's great. That's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And that I also have a spreadsheet where I calculated uh, the returns of stocks and derivatives against it from crypto. Because in crypto in Germany, you can, uh, after one year, if, if you hold one year, you don't have to tax it, mm -hmm. the profits. But for um, other, um, uh, for equities like um, stocks and yeah. derivatives, you have to pay tax um, all the time you sell it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I think in gold, you also have only need to hold one year. And for real estate, it's 10 years. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a pity. And it really makes a, a difference if you, for example, yes. if you're a trader mm -hmm. and you pay on the capital 25 or 26% every year, um, it really makes a dif um, difference if you do that every year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's different rules. And I know in Belgium, uh, the dividends, on the other hand, they're almost reduced by half due to double taxation. So there's a lot of things to, to figure out, at least in Europe, on mm -hmm. the taxation, which will make uh, an ETF strategy uh, valid or not. But I like the approach of uh, yeah, still trying to push a little bit here and there. Uh, with stocks or even crypto, uh, if you're comfortable with that, uh, I think that's good because it makes it uh, more uh, achievable and faster. I mean, without. I think it, with ETFs are not that bad if you have these, if they don't uh, pay you out every now and then. If, if they yeah. mm -hmm. just accumulate, then you are just taxed at the end if you really sell mm -hmm. a share. And um, yeah, but you also, um, if you hold, for example, an ETF in Germany, you, they have also, they also tax you like a 1% every year. Mm -hmm. Also, you just hold it without having you selling it. Okay. okay. It's, it's difficult. It's yeah. very difficult. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so Matthias, uh, just to, to summarize a bit, if you, um, if I was a listener, 
interested into reaching financial independence? I mean, we covered a lot of ground today, but what would be, um, I mean, the gold key tips to, to get started? Uh, of course, your, your, your website and your podcast. <laughs> um, I think um, one key, if, you, if you're a woman, I think it makes sense to read one of these women finance books because they're really motivating you and, and so on. So that would be just for women. <laughs> and then there is, um, I think, motivating was for me also Richard put it, uh, as everybody says. I don't think necessarily that it's a good financial advice book, but it's just opening a bit uh, the eyes and yeah. and mm -hmm. motivating to read other books. So I, I think reading a, um, a good book for investing, for example, I read that was very entertaining or also easy to consume is uh, low risk, high returns. So there's they're exactly telling you how to filter out stocks that uh, don't yeah, don't wake you up at night. And um, they they still have a good return. It's a Dutch um, author. Um, then I also would recommend reading one of the financial independence books like Work Optional or um, that's an American book. I think there's also a German book from, uh, I forgot the name, Gisela Enders, um, Finanzielle Freiheit, it's called, also Financial Independence in German. Um, she also, I think, translated it to uh, French. Um, that would be some of the books. And I would also recommend not to watch too much um, of these blogs and YouTube channels. And so where they um, have so small bits of information. Mm -hmm. So I would just go for a book. So in, in Germany, there's also a very good book about ETFs. Uh, I think is um, souverän investieren. It, it's from it's from a Deutsche Bank guy who uh, lived and worked in London, who has um, a good approach about how you can uh, develop your ETF portfolio. But they are also in other countries. I think it's it's well covered how you how you do that. Um, but yeah, I read this book. Um, mm -mm -mm. I think that's all. Okay. No, very good. So yeah, so your advice is to um, start to get inspired uh, by reading uh, books and then, okay, you'll figure out from there and then uh, you will see. Okay. No, very good. So Matthias, um, you know, there's still a lot of questions I have in my head about your documentary, but I think we'll uh, stop here. Maybe I'll, I'll invite you a second time and then maybe by then you will have read this book. So Matthias, thank you very much. Uh, it was a pleasure to speak to you. But before I let you go, we always have our three quick fire questions. So are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, very good. So we talked about your investments, uh, but what has been your best investment so far, Matthias? Um, and when I was uh, one of the really good investments, um, but it was luck, was um, investing into a, a broken American airline. I think it was end of the 10 years or 2009, 8, 7, I don't know, maybe American airline. And I bought it for 20, uh, 23 cent cents. <laughs> yeah. And it went up to, I think, two, two euros or dollars. Uh, so it was quite uh, fun. And the, the, all the time I thought I cannot sell it anymore because they have been removed from the, from the stock exchange. Um, and then I found out after a couple of years um, that I just need to call my bank. They can sell it for me, but I cannot sell it on the website. I had to call them. Oh, okay. And that's why I hold it also mm -hmm. uh, a little bit longer. And that's why it might, I think it made me kind of 
9,500 before tax. Oh, and the nice. Second best, <laughs> that was the best investment. I think I had also the crowd investing. I had also an exit uh, where I cannot say how much it was, but it was a five-digit. Mm -hmm. But the problem was in the same year, I had also a five-digit uh, or a loss um, that was also kind of five digits. So I made only <laughs> a small, smaller profit, um, yeah. below 10K. So it's, uh, that's, that's it. And I think the biggest mistake was to sell Tesla for just three uh, X mm -hmm. after 300%. Um, that was really stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, but you never know these things, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's the thing. Okay. Very good. And, uh, Question number two, what is, okay, you talked, you already mentioned a, a number of books, but what is one book you can recommend to anyone, but it does not need to be a financial book? I wanted to um, recommend this book, uh, Low Risk, High Return, mm -hmm, sure. but I can also in, um, recommend if you really want to go nuts with investing and really try the, the risky road, uh, I think uh, Jess Dean, um, he has written a book called uh, Super Stocks. Okay. Um, and that's a different, it's, uh, yeah, it's more risky approach than the low risk high return. Um, but it's very interesting also how he sees um, the markets. And uh, so the first part of the book is more just talking about his history and how he learned it and, and so on. And in, in the end, he has also some tips how to filter out stocks that uh, yeah more than 10x and so on it's quite entertaining to read but i don't apply this strategy until now i would say okay no very good and then the last question is uh yeah what is a purchase what is the best purchase for under 100 euros um that, i think the best purchase was um there are a lot of good purchases um, um sometimes it could just have been a drink for for a woman <laughs> but, yeah why not <laughs> i don't know if that's uh, how you met your wife but why not <laughs> uh, no, i think she paid your, herself um, but um yeah i think the meetup piece i have I had a meetup um founded the meetup in 2015 about um, fintech and also about uh, for cash flow playing cash flow games and uh, financial independence meetups i think that it was just 25 euros mm. per half a year but it's kind of worth it because you can uh yeah you meet new people and you you pay a bit into the community pay for the community uh but um in the end you can also meet cool people that have the same interest uh, interest yeah okay so cool cool advice so matthias uh, of course we said that you you are the host of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. So where else can the listeners find you? Uh, so the, the website for the podcast is financial-independence.eu. Yeah, if you, if you are where else, can you find me on Instagram? It's FI Europe and on Twitter, also FI Europe. I also have a personal account, Suburbs of Cinema, if you want to see how I drink a coffee, pictures of coffees. Oh, okay. <laughs> so not interesting, interesting for everybody um or from the vacation but uh um, yeah and then i have the, for the fintech meetup you can google fintech meetup cologne.de um if you like to it's online so it's and it's also european fintechs if you like to learn more about that and also for german meetups in berlin and cologne uh, we have they are called retire to freedom retire to freedom meetup berlin for example that has been in the documentary <laughs> and yeah i think that's that's it yeah. Okay. Very good. And I'll link anyway the the documentaries in French and in German, so then people can uh, 
learn more about it and, and see it for themselves. So that's uh, very good. So Matthias, thank you very much. It was really a pleasure to, to have you on. Cool. And next time we read a uh, talk about how I have to sell all my t-shirts. Yeah. Um, all of such that. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much and have a nice evening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something from it. And if you found it useful, please make sure you share it with a friend or you can also rate the show in your favorite podcast app. This will help the show to grow. So if you do so, thank you very much. And now let's go through the key takeaways for today. Number one, financial independence, according to Matthias. It will be different for you. Working is also living. The dependence on income or money can be a problem. If you're fired, for example, you have no more income. The goal is to unbundle income and job. For Matthias, it's important to work on what you want and get more ownership of the work. He does not necessarily focus on early retirement. It's about being financially secure and it's about being able to take a break and or be prepared in case of medical expenses, etc. In short, it's about creating options for yourself. Number two, how to reach financial independence or FI. The recipe is simple. Reduce your expenses, increase your income, increase your savings rate, and then invest the rest. Tweak it in a way that fits your life situations, personal preference, and values. Number three, on daily expenses, optimize your groceries, rent, and mobility costs. Maybe you can do car sharing, bike rentals. Yeah, do it on a case-by-case -case and see what's best for you. Monitor the cost, but do not overthink the process. It can take precious headspace. I really like that advice from uh, Matthias. Number four, on investing. There is no one way to reach financial independence. Investing in ETF and chill is not the only way. Depending on where you live in Europe, it can be harder or easier to reach financial independence due to taxation. So make sure you do your own research and see what works best in your country. And as well, to help you accelerate that path to financial independence, you can also look at opportunities in the stock markets, individual stocks, and why not add a little bit of crypto. But yeah, be careful here. Do your own research. It's a very specific market. And last but not least, how should you get started on all this? Well, Matthias recommends to read books on personal finance, not to necessarily go straight to YouTube. And I liked his second tip as well, although I was surprised to hear it from a man. But if you're a woman listening to this episode, well, read a book written by a female author. I think it will make more sense to you and it might motivate you more to get started. A few suggestions. Uh, you can look at uh, Jen Sincero, You're Badass at Making Money. And for example, the book he mentioned himself uh, from Tanya Hester, Work Optional. So that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcast. And of course, please do not hesitate to contact me. If you have any questions or feedback, send me an email, john at johnnytalks.com or connect through social media at johnnytalks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And amigos, once more, thanks so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.